Good morning, family. This past week, we celebrated Valentine's Day. It's often been said that the three hardest words to say are, I love you. Three simple words. Well, this morning, I want us to think about three other words. They are words that Jesus spoke in his Sermon on the Plain. The words are not, I love you, but they are a command to love. Let's listen to Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 31. Hear the word of the Lord. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks, and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Did you hear what Jesus said? He spoke three words in today's gospel that should really get our attention. Love your enemies. On the face of it, this seems like a crazy thing to say, right? Enemies are, according to society, people whom you aren't supposed to love, right? So do you have any enemies? Really? It seems like we're at odds with lots of folks these days, aren't we? Here in America, there's a disturbing amount of division, be it political, racial, religious, class, or gender. Have you been watching the news? As we enter another campaign year, I'm afraid we're going to see a lot more belittling, exaggeration, and vilification of people. Our default, it seems, is to count people as enemies. I think we'd all agree that we all need to learn how to better interact with our adversaries, right? Well, fortunately for us, last week Jesus gave us a handy checklist. Last Sunday, in the portion of the Sermon on the Plain that we call the Beatitudes, Jesus outlined seven kinds of enemies you can have. Enemies who hate you, those who curse you, people who abuse you, those who strike you, enemies who rob you, those who demand things from you, and those who steal from you. Jesus makes it pretty hard to say we don't have enemies. I'm sure you can think of people who have done these things to you, can't you? But notice that today Jesus told us to love our enemies, and then he gave us a list of seven things we should do to or for our enemies. He says, do good to them, bless them, pray for them, offer the other cheek, then give to them, let them take from you, and do not ask for restitution. Now, let's stop right here for a moment. Did Jesus leave anything out? Notice what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not tell us to forgive our enemies. Love your enemies, sure, but there is no instruction here to forgive our enemies. Why? Did Jesus misspeak? Did Jesus forget to mention forgiveness? I think I know the answer, and I think the answer requires us to make an important distinction, because I think Jesus was talking about hatred and abuse and violence that was going on, hurtful behaviors and attitudes that were happening in the present. 
Now, some behavioral scientists and some relationship experts will tell you that forgiving someone for abuse or mistreatment while it is happening won't do what we think or want or intend it to do. You see, forgiveness must wait until the activity is done. Forgiveness has to come when the hurtful actions are over. You should not forgive something that is still occurring because that sends the message that the ongoing bad behavior is the whole story and therefore that it's somehow okay. Does that make any sense? I know, bear with me. Now, there are certain relationships in which prematurely using the language of forgiveness can actually be a form of collusion. It's a way of denying reality and encouraging, even promoting, the hurtful behavior. Premature forgiveness is a way of suppressing anger and deepening the cycle of despair. Sounds a bit clinical, doesn't it? So, Jesus isn't asking us to forgive these people quite yet because they're still engaged in hostility. Forgiveness will have to wait a little longer. But please don't hear what I'm not saying. Jesus still asks and expects us to love these people. When we recognize that loving isn't the same as forgiving, we can give up on the notion that to love means to condone. Loving isn't a kind of masochism that takes pleasure in being hurt or wounded. Loving doesn't mean that plotting to harm someone is not a problem or an offense. And while I'm not sure that you can tell someone to forgive, I do think that you can tell someone to love. Sometimes when marriages get into trouble, one partner will say to the other, I'm sorry, but the love just isn't there anymore. I just don't feel it. Whatever we had, it's gone. I've tried to bring it back, but I just can't. Have you heard those words? We need to remember that love is not just a feeling or emotion, right? Love is a decision. Sometimes when our feelings fail, or get out of whack, we have to fall back on something tangible, don't we? You can't be told to have a feeling, but you can learn to do tangible things. And when you do tangible, loving things, you can act your way back into loving. You can act your way back into feeling. Have you ever seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof? The main character, Tevia, discovers that his daughters are all passionately in love. Upon this realization, he begins to wonder if he's missing out on something. Tevia pursues his wife, Golda, around the house, asking, maybe for the first time, do you love me? She's as uncomfortable with the question as he is. Eventually, she turns to herself and says, for 25 years, I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Tevia asks one more time, Do you love me? And Golda replies, I suppose I do. What they both discover is that love sometimes comes down to simple, faithful actions, especially when you're not sure you like what you're feeling. So what does loving mean in the face of hatred and hostility? If it doesn't mean being a doormat and it doesn't mean a warm feeling, it means carefully and doggedly following the words of Jesus. It means following the seven actions he commends to us. First, do good to those who hate you. Say by your actions, however much you hate me, I will never hate you. 
Remember, this will end. Don't let these people turn you into a monster. Repay evil with good. Second, bless those who curse you. Mind your speech. Try not to lose your temper. Say good things about those who say bad things about you. Think of those who are hating and hurting you and see them as tiny children they once were, longing for trust and safety, and speak to them as if they were still those children. Third, pray for those who mistreat you. I know that sometimes it's incredibly hard to disentangle one's self from abuse or mistreatment. Remember, God is always as much a part of any story as you are. In prayer, ask God to be made present, not just to you, but to your enemy. Fourth, offer the other cheek. In other words, don't just get into a fight, because then there'll be no difference between you and them. But don't let those who hate you think you can be intimidated by violence. Offering the other cheek means saying, I'm not going to accept that violence trumps everything else. Fifth, don't withhold your shirt. In other words, surprise your enemy with your generosity and thus show your enemies you have not become like them. Sixth, give to everyone who asks. Remember that even when you can only think of how you've been hurt, there is always something worse off than you and reaching out to them is a way of rescuing yourself from self-pity. And seventh, don't ask for your property back. I think this means, remember, you will lose everything when you die. So start living toward your possessions in such a way that they don't determine who you are. When we reach the end of this list, we realize that what Jesus described was precisely what was about to happen to him. Jesus went to the cross because he loved his enemies. As he went to the cross, he was hated and he was cursed. He was abused and he was struck. He was stripped of his clothes and humiliated. And yet at every step he responded not with hatred, but with love. And the people who did these things to him were people like us. Only when it was almost over, when he was nailed to the cross, did Jesus go beyond the discipline of love and make that last step. That's when he finally said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Up to that point, he had loved his enemies. When it was over, he forgave them. And then in the power of his resurrection, he showed us that evil is overcome and that the long shadow of sin over our lives will finally be removed. In Jesus' resurrection, and only in Jesus' resurrection, God gave us the power to love. So when Jesus tells us to love your enemies, he's saying, you have been my enemies and I have loved you. Don't make me into a creature of your hatred, but let me make you into a witness of my love. Follow me to Jerusalem. Follow me to the cross. Today you may be at a defining moment in your life when you are surrounded by hatred and hurt and hostility and humiliation. Maybe you've tried to bury it. Maybe it hasn't worked. And maybe it's still tying you up in knots. Maybe today is the right moment to ponder Jesus' words. Are you going to turn into the person who hates? Or are you going to learn what it really means to love? Jesus walked the path to his cross alone. We don't. 
Unlike Jesus, we don't walk alone. When we walk through the storm, we can hold our head high and not be afraid. We can walk on because we never walk alone. Jesus walks with us every step of the way. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, as you've shown your perfect light in the life of Jesus, whose epiphany we celebrate, so shine in us and through us that we may become beacons of truth, compassion, and love. Help us to love those who wish and work ill toward us and others. May we, through our small acts of love, enlighten your creation. Use us to fill this world with your justice, grace, and mercy. As your people, we pray for peace today. Peace for those who are being wronged by their enemies. Peace for those who act in hurtful and harmful ways. We pray for those in leadership and for those in positions of power. Again, Father, we pray for those who are sick. Give healing, wisdom, and protection, we pray, especially during the pandemic. We pray for those who are in pain. We pray for those who are stressed and for those who are tired, for those who are uncertain, and for those who need direction. Give us ears to hear the cries of the oppressed, eyes to see the needs of the poor, and voices to speak for the marginalized, and then give us the strength to act on their behalf. Father, you've called us to give your love and your healing to those who desperately need it. Help us to value, love, comfort, and care for those who are the last, the least, the lost, and the left out. Now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. Was this message helpful to you? If so, will you like, review, and share this podcast? Also, if you have a need or prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section and be assured that I will be praying for you and your need. This week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Because everyone needs love and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what. Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen.